It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. Forgive me if I sound a little bit muffled. I've taken to wearing a mask these days for some reason. Also, I've taken to not taking hydrochloroquine. Two more things that distinguish me from the President of the United States and leader of the free world, who continues to show his absolute disinterest in the safety of people around him by refusing to wear a mask, and who admitted this week that, or boasted this week, that he has been taking hydrochloroquine regularly. Interestingly, Trump's announcement came right before the release of a study finding that taking hydrochloroquine on a regular basis causes narcissism, dementia, really weak brain function, a tendency to despotism, and all-around assholiness, according to the, study, to the authors of the study. Of course, what you take from this study depends on you, since the study had a sample size of one. Yeah, so it's hard to tell whether these results will apply to anyone other than the President of the United States. Anyway, thanks for joining us for today's show. On today's show, we will have an update on the war on civil society and democracy, the media's role in that war, and what the news media should learn from the twin tragedies of COVID-19 and the age of Trump. But first... An update on our ongoing discussions of who has killed more Americans than President Donald Trump. Yes, currently the coronavirus official estimates right now in the United States, we are at about one and two thirds million people infected with the virus. That's up 23,000 in a day, approaching a milestone of 100,000 confirmed deaths. Remember that. Confirmed deaths is way lower than the actual number. This is 100,000 milestone we meet. We actually reached long ago. A rate that is increasing at the at the rate of about a 9/11 every two and a half days. To give you some context, there that one and two thirds million, 1.66 million cases in the United States compares to cases around the world right now about 5.35 million. About 100,000 U.S. deaths is put in context of 343,000 deaths around the world. Remember that the United States has 4% of the world's population with substantially more than 25% of the world's deaths. So we must be doing something right, according to President Trump. Oh, right. It's because we're testing so much better than everybody else is. Which we're not. Um, so I guess since things are looking so peachy right now in America, it must be time to reopen America for business. Right. Don't listen to what those experts are saying. It's time to reopen it. Hey, we've got the numbers to prove it. Well, I guess if you look at the numbers backwards, maybe. Uh, as the United States reopens, as the, as the coronavirus continues to to spread and the number of deaths continues to grow dramatically. 
This week, a Columbia University model came out that said that 36,000 fewer Americans would have died. 36,000 fewer Americans. That is more than a dozen 9-11s if we had simply locked down one week earlier. If, in fact, we had locked down two weeks earlier than most Americans did by May by March 1st, uh, it would, in fact, have led to 54,000 fewer deaths. You do the the math there on the 9-11s. Yes, so lots of numbers to be added there to Donald Trump's uh, breakaway numbers for who has killed more Americans than anybody else in the history of this country. Again, for for this contest, companies, corporate America has to be excluded because obviously cigarette and oil companies are hearing these numbers and going, that's nothing. We we did that in the average week. But outside of corporate America, Trump is, is really uh, piling on to his candidacy here for murderer of most Americans. Or as Fox News would have it, Obama. Because you know, That black guy is responsible for killing so many people. Where was he when this whole thing started, after all? And you think this is a joke, of course. It would be kind of funny if we weren't all sure that there are millions of Fox News and One America News viewers out there who don't get the joke on that one. Who, in fact, are asking, yeah, why didn't Obama do more to stop the coronavirus? Anyway, an update on our recent conversation regarding the destruction of of this country being a nation of laws, civility, and democracy. There's always updates on this. It's been a particularly nasty week for this. Did you, you might have possibly missed this tidbit. Um, Paul Manafort, this from Harper's Magazine, the former Trump campaign chairman, who of course was serving a seven and a half year sentence for fraud, was released into home confinement this week. And a lawyer for Michael Cohn, the president's former personal lawyer who lied to Congress and basically acted like a goon, according to his own testimony, on behalf of the president, complained that Cohn wouldn't be released until next month. How awful. Imagine that. Being a criminal and actually having to spend some time behind bars? Yes, as Paul Manafort, for instance, is released to home confinement and Michael Cohn prepares to go back to home confinement, Anybody want to guess what their homes are probably like? Anybody want to consider the fact that for tens of millions of Americans, being confined to such homes would actually be vacation that they undoubtedly don't get to take? Would be a dramatic step up in their lifestyle? Yeah, so once again, we learned that draining the swamp for President Donald Trump apparently meant draining it into... Paul Manafort's houses. Because after all, Trump's cronies don't spend time in prison. The the swamp creatures that destroy our government and feed off the rest of us, they don't go to prison. That's not the way America works. Certainly not Trump's Americas. The, The country's worst criminals don't have to pay for their crimes. That's something that black people do and poor people do. What's the point of being a crony of the president if you might just be held 
legally accountable for your crimes. But speaking of legally accountable for your crimes, here, of course, is news that you have heard. Uh, Trump fired another inspector general this week. Uh, The State Department inspector general, uh, no less. He did it on Friday night, last Friday night, again, for the at least third time Donald Trump has fired an inspector general on Friday night. What is it about Fridays that just irks Donald Trump so much? In, In case you don't follow this like some of us news junkies do, there's actually a term for doing really awful things on Friday. It's known as the Friday news dump. And the reason that there's typically a Friday news dump of all the bad news is that weekends don't tend to be time where Americans spend a lot of time listening to the news. So when you are doing something really awful, like firing the policeman whose job it is to prevent waste and fraud and criminal behavior in our government... When you're doing that, you want to do it at a time where most Americans aren't paying attention. Those Americans who might be paying attention on the weekend, well, a lot of them are probably watching Fox News, and don't worry, Fox News will take care of this for anyone who's actually watching. So, it turns out that the Inspector General of the State Department was leading hundreds of employees investigating fraud and waste at the State Department. Wait a minute, investigating fraud and waste? Man, if that's not enough reason to fire you right there, it turns out there's more. There's more reason for firing the inspector general. It turns out that he had begun an inquiry of Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Wait a minute, you're actually looking for fraud and waste in the United States government among Trump's cronies? The hard part here is we're trying to sort out which criminal activity was it that the inspector general was both looking at and which concerned Mike Pompeo enough to get him fired. Remember, to fire the guy who's investigating you for criminal behavior. You can't make this stuff up. Thanks to Trump, you don't need to. The first thing that we heard about this firing was that it was for misusing government employees. Yes, using taxpayer money for personal gain. Now, who could believe that kind of thing would happen in the Trump administration? Oh, wait, I think Pompeo's excuse is, I thought that was a requirement of the Trump administration. Don't you have to use taxpayer-funded PhDs to pick up your laundry? Isn't that kind of a requirement, let alone a perk? You know, it was it was a win-win here, Pompeo must have thought. The history of the Trump administration is you get to steal from the American taxpayer. When and if you get caught, your punishment is you get to leave the criminal organization which most of you are looking to do anyway. It's like it's like the reverse mafia. In the mafia, you know, you don't get to leave, right? Isn't that the, isn't that the book? I've watched a lot of Martin Scorsese movies. Isn't that the book of the mafia? You can't get out? With the Trump administration, not only can you get out, you get to steal in order to do it. 
Well, it turns out it might have been more than just common run-of-the-mill Trump administration theft from the American taxpayers. Turns out Mike Pompeo was also involved in $8 billion in Saudi arms sales that had been explicitly prohibited by the United States Congress. Yes, by the Republican United States Congress. $8 billion sold to Saudi Arabia, explicitly precluded by the United States Congress, an end run around Congress. Well, it turns out that while Mike Pompeo was ordering people around him to lie about the circumstances for those arms sale and to lie about excuses to get around the law, exceptions in the law, that there was an investigation going on about this violation of the law of Congress, of our constitutional separation of powers. Why is it that they would be facilitating $8 billion in Saudi arms sales to the criminal murderous Mohammed bin Salman, the leader of Saudi Arabia, against the explicit wishes of Congress? Well, you know that the Trump administration has to have a pretty good reason, an American reason for doing this. <laughs> All right, go on. I mean, yeah, I'm just kidding, obviously. So eight billion, So you wonder, what did Mohammed bin Salman promise the Secretary of State and the President of the United States in order to get this end run around Congress? Was it Trump hotels? Did they promise that Trump would be able to open up hotels throughout Saudi Arabia or in other places where Trump wants to open hotels? How much money will they manage to funnel to the President of the United States and his minions, including the Secretary of State, in order to get this taxpayer, these United States-made advanced weapons outside of Congress? Um, did Mohammed bin Salman go so far as to offer to kill journalists on behalf of the president of the United States? I don't know. Is it possible that maybe bin Salman offered to help Donald Trump steal the 2020 election? Something we know he won't have to worry about being impeached over. Yeah, this, this is not idle chit chat here. This is just unbelievable what the Trump administration is about. The unbelievable criminality and self-dealing. Just fire every investigator. Now, how do we know this isn't necessarily on the up and up? Well, it turns out, of course, that this firing was done at the urging of the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, the guy who was being investigated. Now, Pompeo was asked why it was that he would urge the firing of the guy who was investigating him. And you know that Mike Pompeo would really, really like to give us the answer to this question because you know he's got a good one. He's got a great reason that isn't about corruption. And he would tell us why, if he could, instead of having to do everything he can to cover up the reason for the firing. I think, I'm just speculating here now, but I think it's possible that Mike Pompeo is being audited by the IRS. So he probably would really love to release all this information, which would show how above board he has been. But gosh darn it, he just can't. While this is going on, of course, who's breathing a huge sigh of relief about this? You know Jared Kushner is somewhere in the White House going, whew, thank goodness they moved on to somebody else. 
I mean, they've moved on to my corrupt activities selling out the people of the United States and violating U.S. laws, and they've moved on to somebody else. You know, one good thing about being a criminal in Trump world, aside from the fact that you get to fire your own investigators, is that in Trump world, the criminal news cycle lasts about as long as Donald Trump's deepest thoughts, which is to say, not long at all. Within a few minutes, the news cycle of you being an absolutely corrupt criminal has moved on to the guy sitting next to you being absolutely huge and corrupt criminal. Or the guy who hired you both being an absolute and corrupt criminal. Who knows if this even put a crimp in Pompeo's plans to run for president in 2024. As we all know, he's got plans. One of the ways he's been abusing taxpayer money is by paying for flights to Kansas to explore a possible Senate run to figure out what it is that will promote his presidential candidacy in 2024. But this might put a crimp in his plans for run for president in 2024 as the only Trump official not on the take. Well, no, it won't. <laughs> he'll, he'll still run those ads because it won't matter among the kind of jackasses who would actually vote for this piece of shit. Trump asked about the firing. Says he has no idea about anything. I don't know anything. I don't even know who this guy is. I know nothing. Sergeant Schultz defense. I know nothing. I see nothing. But the, but the person being investigated, the Secretary of State, asked me to fire the investigator. So, you know, I did it. Of course. I could do that if I want. I could cover up crimes. That's why it's fun to be the president. Because I can do whatever I want. Oh, wait. I could do whatever I want even before I was the president. That's why it's good to be born rich. This brings us back to day one of Forward Nation Radio. Three odd years ago. The best defense that Donald Trump has to all of the criminal, incompetent, destructive, murderous behavior in the Trump administration, the best thing he has going for him is, don't blame me. Uh, Don't blame me. I'm just a fucking idiot. I know nothing. I see nothing. I do nothing. Don't blame me. I'm just out there making the world a better place. I have no fucking clue what is going on in my own administration. So yes, we continue to destroy the laws that keep together a civil society. We also, of course, continue to destroy those laws that keep together civil democracy. More on those conversations from this week. There was a New York Times headline earlier in this week. I liked, I really enjoyed this headline. Um, GOP, here's the the quote, GOP plans stronger role in who gets to vote. (laughs) I read this headline, it's like, summer brings warmer weather. News at 11. You think, you think the GOP, GOP plans a stronger role in who gets to vote? Gosh, where have I heard that before? If you are a faithful view, listener, viewer, listener of Forward Nation Radio, depending on our iteration, you've heard this about a hundred times since we started, probably more. This is dawning on the New York Times that the GOP's only path to election is to steal elections. 
you think you think they might have a plan here to have a stronger role in who gets to vote? And anybody want to take a guess for a moment on what that role is? Oh, right. Stopping people from voting. Here was a, an article in today's New York Times, I thought was, or yesterday's New York Times, I thought, was, I thought was a little entertaining. Starts out with, in October, President Trump declares a state of emergency in major, in major cities in battleground states, like Milwaukee and Detroit, banning polling places from opening. A week before the election, Attorney General William Barr announces a criminal investigation into the Democratic presidential nominee, Joseph Biden. After Mr. Biden wins a narrow electoral college victory, Mr. Trump refuses to accept the results, won't leave the White House, and declines to allow the, the Biden transition team customary access to agencies before the January 20th inauguration. Let me add to that, should it even occur. Again, does, does anybody think that any of these things are in the, the point of this article, by the way, was that they are the Democrats and others, Republicans who haven't completely lost their sanity, are basically doing these war game scenarios for what will happen leading up to this election that will destroy the U.S. election. War game scenarios? It, it, does anybody think that Donald Trump is not going to be declaring a state of emergency in, in battleground states and banning polling places from opening? If he somehow doesn't declare a state of emergency, he will be doing other things to prevent polling places from opening. In some of those states, the Republican legislature or courts will just do it for him. But there is absolutely no question that they will be preventing thousands and thousands of polling places from opening up before the election. It's not a war game scenario. It's a damn fact. A week before the election, will the Attorney General of the United States announce a criminal investigation of the Democratic presidential nominee? Of course he will. And a month before, and two months before, and they'll also announce investigations of, of Democratic presidential, can, uh, senatorial candidates, congressional candidates. The Attorney General is the one of the biggest criminals in the United States of America. He's made that clear already. Does anybody think he is not going to cheat to steal this election on behalf of Republicans. And many people, including Bill Maher, have been arguing that Trump's not even vacating the White House if he loses. Does anybody think that if this is a close election, that the that Fox News, Trump, One America News, will not get their fucking morons on the street with their AR-15s, their AK-47s to steal the fucking election and create civil war? Again, I've been arguing this on this show for years. Does anybody actually think any of this will not happen? Because the only question here is not will it happen, but to what extent will they be able to get away with it before the fact and after the fact? To what extent will they be able to get away with it and actually steal the election? And if they do steal the election, what the hell are civilized people going to do about it? And you know what the Republicans are pretty confident in? Some of us are going to take to our podcast and we're going to rail and we're going to complain and we're going to bitch and we're going to moan and we're going to do nothing. That is how democracy dies in 2020 in America. I don't know. Trump is arguing we're going to have to do all these things because of voter fraud. They're already arguing it. They've argued it for the last 20 years. They're going to keep arguing it. They're going to build up those arguments before the election. Maybe... Someone should set up a commission to investigate voter fraud. Oh, wait, Trump did that. 
with his lying sack of shit bitch Chris Kobach. Mr. Voter Fraud. Remember? They set up the commission after the 2016 election to come up with bullshit to lie to show that Trump actually won the election. They couldn't even do it. They had to quietly disband the commission. But those were the good old days. In 2020, all bets will be off. But, you know, we have our courts to keep civil society, our courts to maintain democracy. Again, I've been talking at length about how the Trump administration, Mitch McConnell, Moscow Mitch, has led the assault on our courts to make our courts absolutely not reflect the American voters. Our courts are overwhelmingly Republican. Our Supreme Court is locked in ultra-conservative, despite the fact that Republicans have lost six out of the last seven national presidential elections. And same thing at the Senate level, that they keep losing elections, but keep holding on to seats, because we don't have democracy in this country. Well, it's been the past week or so since I spoke to you, the Moscow Mitch brought the Senate back into session, despite being completely unsafe to do that, so that he could push through some more unqualified shit onto the federal bench. Just in case they can't steal the 2020 election, they're going to have to make a fait accompli and dare centrist Joe Biden to undo all that they have done to destroy this country's courts and democracy. And you want to take a moment on that? Anybody think Joe Biden's going to do it? Anybody think Joe Biden's going to fight? Anybody think Joe Biden's going to fix our courts? Not going to happen. They know they're going to win because they know they're scum and we're not. With any luck, at least Moscow Mitch is running out of time to put hacks onto our federal court. But that's okay. They're all really, really young guys who will be there for perhaps six decades. What is the result? This theft of law and democracy, I want to be clear on this, this country is going to have choices to make coming up. Because a civilized society that does not have the rule of law, that no longer has civility, that does not have a trustworthy court system or a political system that they can believe in, has to resort to terrorism. That's all you've got left. If you can't go to law to get redressed for your grievances, you're going to have to figure out another way. Trump supporters have already figured that out. They've been taking the law into their own hands and been engaging in terrorism for decades. Will the other side ever figure that out? There was news the last day or so that a church in Mississippi that had defied coronavirus restrictions and refused to to enforce social distancing A church that said, fuck you, to the state. This is Mississippi we're talking about here. Not exactly a blue state. We can spread whatever death we want. Was burned to the ground. I wish, um, I wish I feel, uh, I wish I could feel bad about that. I don't feel bad about that. Because you think the Mississippi government was going to get on top of that? They're defying the ban. These people weren't even black. So, as we know, the only people who get in trouble for defying social distancing regulations are black people in America. Well, you know, brown people as well, I'm sure. Uh, So I'm sure the state of Mississippi is going to get right on that. So maybe we're starting to see, in some cases, people taking the law into their own hands. It's hard to imagine 
how this turns out well for America, absent an overwhelming defeat at, at the polls that everybody fights through whatever restrictions they can to vote, and these sons of bitches get sent packing by numbers that have never before been seen in this country. Numbers so overwhelming that even the absolute pieces of human trash that support this absolute piece of human trash that is the President of the United States don't even bother taking out their guns to fight it. That's it. So while this is going on, of course, as we lead up to the election, election that will decide if this country lives, we have the question of what the media should be doing about all the misinformation that's coming out during the coronavirus and that came out throughout the Trump administration and the Trump run for presidency and Republican from Republican candidates for decades. What do we learn about free speech from what's been going on in this country? An issue I'll revisit that I've talked about in the past. Because right now, we are seeing the necessity of honest news media. At the same time, we are seeing the existential threat to the very concept of there being honest, trustworthy news media reporting facts. Donald Trump and the Republican Party are simply lying their way through the coronavirus. Just this week, some of the quick highlights. Georgia, you probably heard this, Georgia showed a chart to justify their reopening. They showed a chart of how coronavirus cases were coming down. New cases were coming down in Georgia. It turns out the chart was shown backwards. The dates were backwards. So the chart was shown to the people of Georgia. Look, we can reopen because look at how this this chart is trending downward. Simply because they goosed the, they, they turned it around. It's insane. Florida fires the the, the the person who was in charge of the COVID dashboard because the person had some integrity and actually put real news and real information on the COVID dashboard in Florida. So it was fired so that they could put on the dashboard propaganda, lies, bullshit. Fox News and other conservatives have been trotting out, quote, extremely pro-Trump, close quote, doctors to lie about the coronavirus, to support this administration's incompetence, No big deal. I mean, we're just talking about thousands and thousands of dead people. Dead people murdered by Fox News. Murdered by the people who are running Georgia. Murdered by the Republicans who are running Florida. Murder, murder, murder. These people should be in prison for the rest of their fucking lives. I have a friend I'm talking to the other day who obviously watches a little bit too much Fox News, wasn't social distancing, and said, I'm not really worried about this. I know people who died of a heart attack, and it was said that they died, they were listed as dying of the coronavirus. First of all, what are the odds that the person even knows that? The person heard this stupid fucking bullshit on Fox News and is now convinced that the whole coronavirus scare is bullshit? There's just a whole bunch of people dying of heart attacks? Come to think of it, what did Obama do that is leading to all these deaths? 
we better investigate that. It's insanity. And it's insanity that's being promulgated by lying media. And and that non-lying media is not doing enough to stop. They're not just lying their way through the coronavirus. You know they are lying their way through the election. Every For the next, what are we at, five months? Everything coming out of the GOP and their, and their ilk will be fucking lies to steal an election. They're, Biden is a pedophile? Did you hear this? From Trump, from his kids, from other right-wing sources? Joe Biden is a pedophile? I guess he's running a child sex ring from the basement of a Washington, D.C. pizza restaurant. Probably a different pizza restaurant that Hillary Clinton was using because, you know, these pedophiles are nothing if not clever. And just when we need media most, when we need honest media reporting the destruction of civil society in America, we've got major trustworthy news media firing their news staff left and right. This week, the Atlantic Magazine, Vice, The Economist, other news media sources were laying off hundreds or thousands of workers, all of which will be news and facts that will be replaced by propaganda and lies that are made up. You don't need a lot of reporters when you just make shit up. And that's where we are moving in this country. How should the media even cover Trump when it covers Trump? Trump has been, he hasn't recently been giving his evening press conferences on the coronavirus or his evening briefs on the coronavirus. I guess he got tired of lying after a few weeks of doing that. But for the weeks he was doing it, every time he makes some stupid lying pronouncement, the media still covers it. It's cheaper than hiring reporters. Just repeat what the president says. Just show it on film. But he's lying all the time every time he opens his mouth. So what should the media do with a president like Donald Trump? Should it just not cover him? To a large extent, yes. It should just not cover him. He's not newsworthy, except for late night comedy. Let them cover it. If you do cover him, just cover the stupid things he says. And don't say Trump says this, even though there are a lot of people who disagree. Say Trump lies six times in 13 minutes today. His campaign rally shouldn't be shown. His press briefing shouldn't be shown because they're just campaign rallies now that he can't actually have campaign rallies. He's, he's actually running campaign ads or was actually running campaign ads during his coronavirus briefings. Maybe the media should learn not to cover this shit. What did the, what did the Hill reported weeks ago? Trump uses coronavirus briefing to fire back at his critics. Oh, the media should be covering that shit. They gave him billions of dollars of free coverage that let him steal an election in 2016. Billions of dollars. Have we learned nothing from that? And the answer, of course, is no. The media has learned nothing from that. Learn nothing may be a little bit unfair. Because, of course, it's presuming that the media's job is to distribute information. Whereas, of course, the media knows better. The media's job is to make money. That's what private, for-profit corporations are all about. That's a big problem with their media. That they're all about money and not news. So they're perfectly, oh, tut, tut, we don't know how to, you know, we're not sure how we should deal with this. It is the president of the United States. 
but you do know how to deal with it. You know how to deal with it in a way that that maximizes your profit and continues to destroy America. And this is the good media, bear in mind, the better media. At the very least, any time the media covers anything that Trump says or does, they should be giving equal time to Joe Biden and Democrats. This whole thing is a reminder of how the deck is rigged against democracy in America. The deck is rigged against things working. There is no Fox equivalent on the left. That which is the so-called mainstream media is corporate media that is corrupted by all this just to make money. That's the alternative to lying right-wing media that also lies just to make more money. There's no equivalent to that on the left. There's no big money in socialism. We are reminded again of the old adage that lies travel a lot farther and a lot faster than the truth does. In fact, we've been seeing studies come out over the last few months about how, in fact, lies spread much faster and much further on social media than truth does. One of those things that were studied was the pro-Trump group promoting a photo that falsely showed Bernie Sanders supporters with signs saying illegal aliens deserve the same as our veterans. Donald Trump was forwarding these, these lies, fake pictures. Illegal aliens deserve the same as our veterans. This being promulgated to people who are too fucking stupid to realize how fucking stupid that is when they say it. Vladimir Putin continues to sow disinformation in the United States to undermine the West. He's doing a wonderful job. Our media is helping him. And now, because of $8 billion or more, he's going to have Mohammed bin Salman all in helping him. Because this criminal president is perfectly happy to enlist hostile foreign powers to help him steal U.S. elections, and the criminal organization behind him is happy to facilitate it. We keep reading about lies about vaccines spreading on social media, lies about vaccines being hidden, lies about them being available, lies about hydrochloroquine for that matter. At least the good news there is that maybe some of these fucking morons are killing themselves. One can hope. And make no mistake, I fucking hope. This is not a sustainable environment for a country to survive. Something needs to be done about false information and fake news that has taken over our our news sphere, our economy. People have been asking, how does this make sense that Donald Trump is bringing, trying to force people back to work? It's going to result in a second wave. It's going to result in tens of thousands of deaths. It will kill Americans. It will also further destroy the U.S. economy. How could this be a good idea? And I listen to this and I think, do, do you still not get it? They can lie their way out of anything. They will make money off of this. They will profit off of this. They probably made bets in the stock market and then will sell quickly because they know that this is going to be bad. Their morons don't. They will profit off of this. People will die and they will lie and their fucking morons will eat it up because the media will help them. The normal human brain simply cannot fathom how stupid are Trump supporters and how evil are the people pulling the strings for them? We in America can't, we, we forget, we can't even assimilate the lessons 
of Nazi Germany, of the old Soviet Union. We, we can't consider what incredible evil people could be moved to do by all these lies. We just under we, we just don't recognize the full extent of the threat like we need to. And that brings me back briefly before we go to a conversation I've had a whole bunch of times on this show. The idea of freedom of speech. I am basically a lifelong member of the ACLU. I believe in the Bill of Rights. But we need serious change in the way we enforce free speech laws. Germany lived through this. Germany lived through the Trump administration. It was called the Nazis. And it has changed as a result. Germany has limited free speech, seeing how it could destroy a country and turn people into murderous, vicious animals. America's just seeing that now, and we refuse to learn that lesson. But we are going to need to do something to prevent people and media organizations from spreading lies. It is unsustainable because the lies will crowd out crowd out the truth and we will be living in George Orwell's worst nightmare. I've argued for years on this show and before that in class that campaign funding and spending free speech in the context of political donations and spending money is ridiculous and it needs to be ended. Citizens United needs to be overturned as do Buckley v. Vallejo and, and other cases regarding campaign funding. But we need to go way beyond that. Somehow, we need to figure out how to prevent this world from being filled with lies. Because there is no way back from this. When you go down this path, you don't just claw yourself out of it without some national, worldwide, catastrophe, cataclysm, which forces us to change things and reevaluate. We need to do this before that time comes. And that time is coming, I think, really, really soon. Okay, that's our show for today. We're going to end on a bright note. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Stay safe and wear your masks. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal.